Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm Jody Oliver, and I'm filling in for Sherry tonight. She's under the weather. Uh, You probably all know me from Sherry and Jody's Comedy Forum. And uh, I'm an actress and stand-up comedian. I've performed at all the major clubs in New York City, Dangerfields, Caroline's, Gotham Comedy Club, Stand Up New York, New York Comedy Club, Comic Strip, and many more. I've also been in Saturday Night Live numerous times, and Homeland, Blacklist Redemption recently. I starred in The Delivery Boys with Angelina. I've done quite a bit. Um, now, I have a very special guest with me here tonight. Somebody I know well. I'd like for you to get to know him well. Ethan Feldman. Ethan, are you there? Yeah. Hey, Jody. thank you so much for having me on. I'm sorry, Sherry. I hope Sherry feels better. Uh, but I appreciate you you know, hopping in and, and agreeing to host last minute. And, I, yeah, I guess we both hope Sherry feels better. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome, Ethan. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm going to start off by asking you, and I was always wondering about this, are you from New York? Yeah, uh, so I was I was actually born in, like, upstate New York, like the Kingston, New Paltz area, but I lived in upstate New York until I was, like, nine, and then I moved to Manhattan with my family, so I pretty much consider myself, like, a native New Yorker. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. So you came down here when? Uh, like, 1993. Was, I've been in New York since 1993. Uh-huh. And did you go to college? It's very important that people who want to get into comedy, know that other people went to college or school and took something special, always to have something to fall back on. So what is it with you with college? Um, yeah, I went to uh, RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology in, Ro- yeah, in Rochester, New York. Uh, I studied information technology Um I went there from 2003 to 2007, and I pretty much worked full time as a as a, a software engineer in New York City. And I've I've worked at several startup companies over over my career in in startup in the like in the tech scene, I guess. But I pretty much started doing comedy like almost three years ago, and it's been a really fun uh, passion of mine. I've always enjoyed stand up, and I'm glad to be doing it now. As much as I can. Yes, I've seen you've gotten really far in those three years. Will you tell us your background in stand-up? How you got yeah, into sure. it? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, when I uh, when I was younger, I always – I used to do theater, like, ever since I was in middle school or actually even elementary school. I'm not, like, that great of a singer, though, and we always did musicals. So I would always be, like, ensemble because – or someone that couldn't hear my, like, my horrible singing voice. I'm, like, not a great singer, which is kind of funny because yeah. my my aunt on my mom's side is, like, a professional singer. I guess I just never really inherited those genes. 
So I've always done theater and stuff since elementary school. And then I, I uh, actually did, I went to a, like a, a summer camp my in 10th grade. It was, it's called Bucks Rock. It's a performing and visual arts camp. Actually, my parents met there in the 70s. It's a, it's a, it's like this, it's, it's very different than other summer camps. Most summer camps, you like, you have to like, you're on a very strict schedule and it's like sports and stuff. This is very artistic. There's, you can kind of do whatever you want. There's all these shops. And I, I was a counselor in training at the computer shop there because that's what I do, you know, full time. I'm really into computers. But I also did theater there and I did, they, they have a shop there. And all, and all the counselors of these shops are actually professionals in whatever field. Basically, like the theater shop has people that are, you know, professional theater people. And I really gravitated towards this clown shop where there was lots of like improv. So I did lots of improv in high school. And then when I went to college, I kind of was focusing on just like computers and stuff because RIT is not a liberal arts school. And after graduating, you know, I've always like enjoyed stand up. I always love, I, I, when I was in college, I watched Dane Cook, uh, John Stewart. Uh, Pablo Francisco, Brad Garrett, Carlos Mencia, they all came to my college and I watched them all and I thought it was hilarious and I've always enjoyed stand-up but, and, and I never thought that I would actually like do it, but then I was thinking one year, it was actually December of like 2015, I kind of told my family, you know, I think I want to try stand-up. I've always liked it. And my aunt, who's a singer, uh, knows this guy, and it's Rick Crome. Um, He's a very funny guy. He actually teaches a class at the Comedy Cellar, and she recommended him to me. And she was like, you should just take his class and see if you like it. And I didn't really want to take, like, a class because I was like, well, you should just try it out and go to open mics and just see if you're funny or not. But my aunt really, like, said it was – my aunt really recommended it. And then I told a really good friend of mine from college that I was interested in doing it. And he was like, hey, if, you're, if you don't mind, I would like to take the class with you what do you think about that? At least we can like, maybe we can like bounce ideas off each other. And I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Absolutely. That would be great to have someone to do it with. So we ended up taking this class together. Now I had done performing in the past and improv and theater and stuff, but stand-up is very different. And I remember my first show. So the class is at the comedy cellar. Excuse me. You do like six weeks of class and then you have a student showcase. And my student showcase, the first time I've ever performed on stage for an actual audience doing stand-up was April 30th, 2016. And it went really well. And even looking back at the tape, I'm like, damn, I kind of blew through some of the jokes because I was super nervous. But that's what really got me going because that, like, you know, the feeling when you really, like, kill. Even even though you don't really, at that point, it's, like, not doing that well, it's enough to keep you going, like, okay, I really like this. I'm going to start doing it more and more and more. And I kind of started just from that. That's good. That's right. You know when you kill. Um, Ethan, tell everybody how important it is um, to have something to fall back on because stand-up is a very tough field to get into. No, it's it's absolutely grinding. I mean, you're at open mics. You're performing all the time. You might get paid once in a while, maybe. Like a couple weeks ago, maybe it was like a month ago, I got paid for a show. $15. And I told my wife about it. I was like, I got paid 15 bucks tonight doing stand-up. And she was like, how much have you spent doing stand-up? Right. I was like, I was like uh, let's, not, let's not talk about that. Yeah, no, it's very hard. I mean, it's good to, a lot of people that I know that do stand-up definitely all have day jobs. Like, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone is pursuing it as a passion, but it's definitely, 
not something like right now. I'm, I actually don't care that much about the money. Like the stage time, the stage time and the experience is worth it for me. Like I performed at a show in New Jersey. I drew, and, uh, like two and a half hours. It was like in Seaville, New Jersey. Had a really good set that night. It was really, really fun. And my wife was like, you drove, I drove with her. She was like, you drove two and a half hours there and we're driving two and a half hours back and you performed for like 10 minutes is that like right is it is it worth it to you and I was like yeah it absolutely was worth it it was totally worth it to me because I had a great set I have an audio recording of it I know it went well I know which jokes worked in front of what crowd it's all about just getting better and perfecting your craft right yeah I know that for a fact that you did a lot of festivals how did you get into the festivals and um where were they? Um, the festivals. So, like, it's kind of funny, like, with comedy, you know, after you've been doing it for a while, you'll see these, like, there's a lot of Facebook groups. There's, like, comedy festivals and competitions is one of the groups. And you'll see people post about them. Some of them are free to submit to. Some of them you have to pay. Now, I thought, okay, if I want to try this, I want to perform anywhere I can because New York City, you know, what might work in a crowd in New York City is not going to work in, like, Pennsylvania or Jersey or another, or Texas. So I, I applied to a bunch of festivals. I got accepted to some. I got rejected from a bunch, too. And I, some of them I paid for. You know, you, you pay a submission fee, and you may have paid for nothing just to have someone review your tape and tell you sorry. So uh, the first one that I did was in it was in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. It was the Conchie Comedy Festival. It was at, like, a restaurant and to be honest, it, it was not like it was kind of like a competition. And to be honest, it wasn't like my best set. I definitely did jokes that didn't really work for like a dinner crowd, I would say. And I, I was definitely only like a year in at that point, so it was kind of like rough because everyone only had three minutes to like really. Everyone only had three minutes to do their thing, and it was definitely hard. At that point, I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't do that great, but it was it was a good learning experience. And then. The one that I did after, that was probably April of 2016. And then I did one up in uh, Ithaca, New York, with the Finger Lakes Comedy Festival. And that went a, a, a lot better. I had more experience at that point. That was really fun. Uh, I actually drove up there with another comic that I know that also took uh, uh, Rick's class. That was a lot of fun. It was fun performing for the floor of a college crowd, I guess. Uh, I also this year did one in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And Fort Wayne, Indiana was uh, was also a lot of fun. I did like a storytelling show, a clean comedy show, or a regular set, and they all went pretty well. And it was a lot of fun to be able to perform, you know, pretty far from New York. And it's funny because, and then I also performed in Texas, and I didn't do that well at that festival either. My, you know, I thought my jokes would would go well, but they didn't. I probably did well. You're just picking on yourself. Yeah, I think it's hard on myself, but like. It's actually, uh, yeah, it, but it, but it, yeah, I think we're extra hard on ourselves. But it was still a good experience. I went out with my wife. We kind of made a trip out of it, and then we did another festival in Portland, Maine, over the summer, and that was like three days long. I did shows each day. The last one was at a brewer was at a brewery. It was really nice. Actually, it was kind of funny. On the second show of that of that festival, um, the host of one of the shows referred to me. She m- messed up the names on the list, and she called me Corey Feldman. Which is a uh, funny kind of opening with that recently, and it's fun. But it's funny because of these different like. So I ended up, my wife had her bachelorette party at the end of last year, 
and we were down in Florida. She's from Florida. And I was down there, and she was like, I'm going to go out for my bachelorette party. You have the rental car. You can do whatever you want. She lives near the Orlando area. So I posted in some Facebook groups, like, hey, I'm down in, I'm a New York City comic from, you know, I'm down in Orlando. Like, maybe there's a show going on. I can, I can get a spot on. And someone messaged me and said, oh, you know so-and-so from the Kanchi Comedy Festival in Pennsylvania. Um, sure, you have to come down to our show. And I ended up doing a show. I ended up doing a show in Orlando through doing that other festival. So in some ways, oh, it worked out. Yeah. So would you like to uh, give us a sample of some of your work? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do one that I haven't that I used to do a long time ago. Uh, so like this is one of my earlier jokes, but I think it has some funny parts to it. I, I, I guess uh, I'll just kind of go into a stand-up mode and do a bit. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I am what people refer to as a sleep talker. People have told me that I talk in my sleep. It's true. I uh, I got married last year, and I was on my honeymoon. My wife told me that I woke her up in the middle of the night, and I was like, Alexa, turn on the bedroom lights, which did not happen because I was on my honeymoon. And it also made me question, do I have a better relationship with Alexa than my wife? Or uh, <laughs> one, time, one time I was with a – I went – like I have a bunch of college friends, and we do like a ski trip every year. And we had we rented this big house, and we had to, like, straw straw to see who was going to room together. And I ended up rooming with my buddy. My friend told me that I woke him up in the middle of the night, and I went, oh, no, no thanks. You take the chair. Hmm. Like, I don't know what to feel worse about. Like, on one hand, I'm waking up my friend in the middle of the night. But on the other hand, I'm uh, I'm giving up my seat in my dream. Hmm. Like, like, I know I'm a nice guy and all, but when I start having dreams about, like, uh, I don't know, inconveniencing myself to help others, it becomes a bit of a problem. And uh, it runs in the family. My brother, he also sleep talks. Like, one time we, I was at my parents' house. We had to share a room. He woke up in bed and went, Mom's a good dancer. And, uh, I, yeah, I couldn't help it. It's funny. I started laughing at him. And then he told me in his dream, shut up, we were about to tango. Um it's funny, my, my, but uh, but apparently I've moved on from sleep talking though to something that can best be described as like, I don't know, like a sleep humping or like a sleep molesting sort of situation. It's weird. My uh, my wife will, will always tell me, do you remember what you did last night? You're like all over me. And I'm like, well, shit, I was. Well, damn. What you're telling me is we're having the best sex of my life and I don't even know. Like I thought I told you, if we're, if we're doing it, just wake me up next time. <laughs> That's so, like an older Anthony, I actually, Yeah, sure. You also produce shows. Um now that's hard to produce shows. How do you do it? So I started producing shows I mean it's hard in New York City because you know you want to get in a lot of shows, there's like some bar shows, there's bringer shows, there's club shows. It's, you have to make your own opportunity. So about a year ago, I started thinking, I want to make my – okay, I've been doing this for a while. I want to, like, start my own show. I live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, so I started emailing bars in my neighborhood. And this one bar called Legion Bar got back to me, and we agreed to have a show. We first – we called the show uh, Hump Day Hilarity. It was on a Wednesday night, and I had a friend of mine that I, that I know from the class also that I've actually known for, like, 
his name is Andy. I've known him for like 10 years from even before doing stand-up. He, uh, he hosted the show. He, uh, we had a great lineup. We had a really good headliner and we had a good, good turnout and it was the first time we did it. So about a year ago was the first time we ever produced a show and Legion Bar was a, was a great space. It had a great back room. The lights run in a brick wall. It was like a great stage. Unfortunately, Legion Bar closed and this was May of this year. And I had a show booked with them on the 22nd of May. So I just emailed all these bars to get in my area and was like, listen, I have a show. I have a whole lineup of comedians. I need to get this show running. And this bar in uh, another bar in Williamsburg, which is more like a music venue. They're called Much Morris. They got back to me and said, listen, we could have your, you could have your show. The show went well. We had a good, decent turnout. And they agreed to have me do the show monthly. So we now have the early slot every Wednesday, uh, every uh, one Wednesday a month. Usually it's the third Wednesday of every month. And uh, running, it's like, you know, I I pay for Facebook ads. I have an event parade. I make it a, it's a free show. It's just a free bar show. But a few months ago, we had a really good turnout. We had like maybe 22 people came and I thought it was the combination of some people bringing people and a combination of just the Facebook ads working. Then last month it was like eight. This month it was like three people. It's, it's, it's just, it's just a total like crapshoot sometimes, but it's good to like, how come you don't do it as a bringer show? Because I feel like a lot of new, I feel like a lot of comics that are seasoned that are like, have been doing it for a few years don't want to bring like, their friends have seen them enough times that they're like, okay, I can't keep doing bringer shows where I'm re- required to bring because it's just hard to get your friends to come out, especially Wednesdays early is, is hard. I feel like yes, it's a lot of comments, true. comments that are really, really good, I feel like will just want to do a bar show because that's the place where they can work on new material that's not like an open mic. Sometimes, you know, the sh- bar shows can end up being more like an open mic. I did a show this past Monday in Bushwick, which was basically like an open mic, but it was still fun. Everyone, I, I did some new bits that I had thought of that I hadn't actually done before, and I thought it was like a really, I don't know, I thought it was a good idea. It, it, it's just a good, no matter what, no matter how it goes, no matter what the audience is, like every time on stage is progress. You not being on stage, no matter what the situation is, it's is, is just is, is not progress. Like you being, just getting up there is progress. Actually, the next show I'm producing in Much More is, is going to be the 19th of this month at 6:30. And Much More is, is located in uh, in Williamsburg. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be 6:30 on December 19th at Two Havermeyer Street. Spell that. H A V E M E Y E R. It's uh, Two Havermeyer Street. That's H A V E M E Y E R. 6:30. And that's in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, right? Yes, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It's a it's, uh, much more. is a really nice space. They have uh, they have lots of good like soju cocktails. Um, they're a nice. It's a pretty cool space. Um, they've been really kind to us and giving us you know a, a place to perform. It's, so it's been really great. That's good. Um, I know that I'm going to be with you down there in January. I'm looking forward to it. Um, let me ask you another question. I saw some of your artwork, which was terrific, on your flyers. How did you get into that? So I've always been into like... That's all through the computer art stuff? Yeah, so since I, since I do um, like software development, 
development full time, but I'm really like a web developer. And with when you're doing front end web development, it's really like being more visual. So I know like Photoshop and stuff. So I so I kind of make flyers for I've made flyers for different promoters. What's well, all about like you know a lot of a lot of comedians like to get stage time. They're, they'll bring or they'll you know like Mark. You're they're out they're outside of a comedy club. Like hey, comedy show. Sometimes I'll go to, go to a promoter and say, I can make you a flyer. I just want a guest spot. And it, help, and right. it helps them. It, it helps them. It helps me. I'll, I'll do it for free as long as I can, you know, just get some stage time because then I'll be able to. Because the thing about bringing is, like, if you have to bring and you're required to bring, sometimes you're so stressed out about having to meet the quota of people to bring that you're, like, you're not really focusing on your act. This is true. That's exactly how I feel. I stopped doing bringers a very long time ago um, because I I couldn't focus on my comedy. I had to uh, get back into the swing of things. Now I I go to clubs without that. Yeah, it's good to be able to go to clubs. And, and, And I've actually, for Hanukkah this year, my wife bought me a little, like, tripod for myself. So now I can mm-hmm. just, like, I used to always listen. I, I would always have my phone in my pocket just recording my, my set. And then when I take the subway home, I'll listen to myself. Just like, oh, how did this go? What parts did well? What parts didn't go so well? But now that I have this tripod, the last few sets I've done, I just, I just videotape them because it's better to see that. Right. That's yeah. a good idea. And, and the best thing to do you is... You guys are I see that you host your own show, which I think is fantastic. Um, so I have How does it feel to host? I have somebody else hosting my shows that I do at March. My friend Andy Egan Thorpe hosts all the shows that I do because he's always been a great host. But I've had some recent uh, hosting spots, which have been great. Like uh, this past Saturday uh, at Greenwich, I hosted uh, the, the 5.30 show there. And then I'm hosting Broadway December 22nd at 6 p.m., it's been great, and I host a I host a lot of shows, and mostly at Broadway because uh, the I, like the producer I helped him out a lot, and uh, you know, hosting is and and I host an open mic every Tuesday night at six o'clock, and uh, it's very invaluable experience because sometimes you can see a comic perform, and then you think about something on the spot. So in between comics, you'll like think of a funny joke or something. I don't know. Hosting is just it's just a great hosting is a very good experience. I think a lot of people for showcases don't want to do it. They don't want to do it because, you know, the host is the one who has to warm the crown up and they just want to have their set and leave. Or, But hosting has been, you know, that's like the workforce of the show. You're, like, timing people, make sure they don't go over, the, you know, they don't blow the light. You're finding out who's next. Like, you're you're really, like, keeping things moving. Hosting is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ethan, in closing... What would you give, because we have a lot of listeners out there who are thinking or who are in stand-up comedy, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say you should definitely hit open mics as much as you can. Try to get on any bar shows you can. Try to get, like, I I, I think that bringers are actually, I don't, a lot of people say, oh, bringers are awful. You don't want to do a bringer. I think bringers serve their purpose. It's a method for filling a room. And if you need a tape, 
or something. Like you should definitely use bringers, but use them sparingly when you know that you can bring people out and you're not stressed out about it. And you know you need a tape to apply to a festival or something because if you have a good tape that's at a club where you do well and you and you have an actual audience that's there to see comedy that's laughing at your jokes, it'll only go well for you. So I think that the point I think the point I'm trying to make here is that you should definitely you can definitely do bringers, but you should use them like absolutely sparingly. Or like to, like they they're definitely like I'm not gonna say like necessary evil, but you get my point that where it's like you want to do them, you want to have, you want to do one that actually might lead to something. Like there's a I know that Broadway they have an industry room show where where you can get up, and you have potential options to get to like a residency or a development spot or a guest spot on one of their later shows or like. The, there's like Peter Payne where you get a spot on Sirius and there's judges and there's judges there who give you feedback like uh, the one that Gladys Simon runs at the comic strip it's it's a real development room that's where I met you Jody in person and she gives you feedback after all of your sets um, so it's like and and the Wednesday ones aren't usually bringers but I know that sometimes it's like a mixed mic slash bringer but so it, it's it's about getting as much daytime as possible I think. It's also about writing. You want to make sure you keep, that you keep writing and keep performing, because anything, anytime not doing that, you're just yeah. You're, if you're really serious about it, you, you know, you're just wasting your time if you're not trying to get up as much as possible. Like if someone says, I want to, like if you want to post on Facebook, oh, uh, hey, um, there's a show going on. You want to get on any show you possibly can because anytime on stage is like, I mean, I I know there are people that hustle a lot more. And I, than even I do. I think I've done 170 book shows since I started, and that's almost three years. So, but I know people that have done 200 in one year. So it's like, it's it's, it's but it's also a balance. I mean, you know, I'm married now, uh, baby on the way. So we're, I'm trying to balance everything. I, I don't want to make my wife feel like I'm neglecting her all the time either. Well, Ethan, you have a spot in my show, which starts next Saturday, December 15th. It's a brunch show. From 2 to 4 p.m., it's in Forest Hills, Queens, on Queens Boulevard. And I'll give you all the information. Um, the name of the place is Misfits Nutrition. And um, it's a beautiful little place that just opened up with the greatest smoothies around. And uh, you have a steady spot with me. So I'm hoping to get that flyer from you. And... Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Sure. And uh, so I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I'm sure everybody out there is listening and thanks and appreciates the fact that you were on. And I'll I send everybody Sherry's regards. Thank uh, you. I don't know if you have any shows you want to plug or something. I know we have three, like three minutes left. Um, I don't know, um, I don't know if you have any. I'll be December 17th at Broadway Comedy Club at 7 p.m. And on, uh, on um, December 15th, December 14th, I will be at Westside Comedy Club. At 7 p.m. Oh, nice. Um, I so, guess I'll, 
since we have, I think we have two minutes and 20 seconds left. I, I guess I'll quickly plug my December no, stuff. No, I'm just cutting here. Okay. Thank you. Um, um, Sherry sent, uh, sent me a message that we have like two minutes left. Uh, I'm going to be at uh, the, Orchard, the Orchard Street Hotel performing 7.30 on Thursday, next Thursday the 13th, and then I'm doing Broadway at 9 p.m. I'm doing a guest spot at Broadway at 9 p.m. on Thursday the 13th as well. And then uh, the sorry, and then Monday the 17th I'm performing at a bar in Brooklyn called The Devil's Advocate Show at the Way Station. I'm trying to see any other. And the 19th is my Much More show. 20th, I'm at Broadway Comedy Club at 8 p.m. And then I'm hosting Saturday, December 22nd, 6 o'clock at Broadway Comedy Club. And then I'm performing at Gold Sounds Bar in Bushwick, 8 p.m. on the 26th. And then Brooklyn House of Comedy, 8 o'clock on the 28th. The 29th, I'm also performing at Stand Up New York at 6 o'clock. And I think that's it. That's a loaded schedule. I also have comic strip this Wednesday night at six o'clock. I think I have that too, actually. The twelfth, yes. Yes. The twelfth. You gonna be there too? Yep, I should be there too. Oh, good. I think our time might be about up. It's oh, we have about thirty seconds left. Is there anything else? Oh, and January 5th, I'll be at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Nice. I have two for January. I'm doing doing a show at the Misfit Hive at 4 o'clock on the 13th, and then January 29th at Drexler's Bar at 8.30 p.m. Those are only two for January so far. You know what I was impressed with? That your workshop, you said, was for six weeks at the Comedy Cell. Yeah. Day. It's been six weeks with you. That was really good. That's a good, good workshop. Good. It is. All right. I think we have 10 seconds left now, so I think we have to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, and uh, it's been really wonderful to talk to you. Yes, likewise. Right. Good night, good night, everybody.